Hello and welcome to In the Pocket Across the Pond, the UK NFL Fantasy Football Podcast with me, Alex Brindle. I'm joined as always by the other Alex and Lewis and we'll be reacting to the Week 7 NFL matches, the fantasy football implications of all those matches. National tight end day, tight ends went off for once if you can believe it. Who was a hit, who was a miss for us and in general in fantasy. Then we'll also be going through some dream trade scenarios with the trade deadline just around the corner, as well as playing a bit of trick-or-treat before Halloween, suggesting some waiver pickups for you, and then looking forward to week eight with our forget about it and our projection beaters. If you want to email into the podcast, in the pocket across the pond at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram now, in the pocket across the pond at Instagram. Give us a follow, it will be much appreciated. Off we go. Lads, you know what I love? About this stage of the season, I just crack my knuckles because I love it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting, you know, week seven now. We're, you know, well into the season, over a third of the way through the regular season, and it's that you get to see the trends. Like you know what defenses are bad against running backs. You know, you know who the good teams are in the league and who the bad teams are in the league, um, which couldn't have been exemplified more this week. Could it? Mm. Who are the good teams and the bad teams after this week? Tell me. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I just want to say, um, I don't know if you agree, lads, but B. John Robinson was sick this week. He was sick. Um, he was absolutely sick. <laughs> you can't say he wasn't. Um, who are the good teams and who are the bad teams? Well, we may as well start off with, um, with a pretty bad team up in New York, not New York, New Jersey-based, though. I'm talking about Buffalo-based. Oh. Oh, an overrated team. We'll not say bad, we'll say overrated team. Bills 25-29, Patriots. Patriot, Patriots couldn't score on anyone for the better part of a month, yet they hang 29 on the Bills. Um, I saw a pretty interesting little... Josh Allen's been getting memed. Of course he has. Um, and it was like, when you lose to Mac Jones and uh, Zach Wilson, but you're called elite because your losses to Patrick Mahomes in the postseason are fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it, it's, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm not sure where the Bills go for me. I think we already discussed last week how they're kind of a bit of a deja vu team. The thing is with the Bills, right, this is the, for me, this is the Bills. Like, the Bills can beat anyone on the day, I think, but the Bills can also lose to anyone on the day as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a good, really good uh, showing by the Patriots, and they were strong at home, as you'd hope they would be. Um, but what a bad loss to the Bills, eh, Sharps? Yeah, I mean, it's not even like one of those losses to New England where it's like, you know, Bill Belichick's the, the Sith Lord and he can just stop you scoring, like... They still put up 25 points. They just conceded 29 to one of the worst offensive teams of the season so far. So I don't know what you can put it down to because like, I feel like we have this conversation every two, three weeks about the Bills. Now they get a couple under the belt and then it's just, oh, they've 
they've lost again. Yeah, uh, you are right. They're a they're a fun team in the postseason. They lose big to Mahomes, and uh, I think it does cloud people's opinions of them. I don't know. Um, I think I think it's probably going to be the same the same story for them again. They're going to be there or thereabouts. They'll probably win twelve or so games, and they get bounced in the first or second round of the playoffs. Like it's, it's getting a little bit broken broken record. I don't know what new analysis we we can put on it to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're I think they're a good fantasy football team, great fantasy yeah, football and team. Yeah, um, and that's it. The, I mean, they're always the Bills are always going to compete, but you know, considering I'm worried about the Bills after that loss, one team who had a bad loss that I personally am not worried about is the Detroit Lions. Now it was a real pounding by the Ravens. The Ravens did look great. I'm sure we'll talk about the Ravens in a little while. Um, but I think the Lions chalked this one off. You know, the Ravens were on it. The Ravens dominated the pace of play. It was a tough place to go. We weren't on it from the get-go. Chalk it off. Move on to next week. We've been playing really well all season up until this point. Um, I'm not reading too much into this loss. As as shocking as it was, are you, Lou? No, um... Because you just gotta you gotta assess where the the lions are at. The lions have, have been doing so well that they've been spoken about like you know they're in like a bit of a playoff, you know, but it's a Super Bowl, you know, berth. I I don't think that's the case for the lions. I think the lions are a really good team. The lions will make the playoffs, and like I uh, predicted in the off season, I think they're going to win a playoff game. I don't I don't see the lions as you know an NFC. Uh, championship competitor or anything like that I wouldn't say I don't you know they're a really good team but a loss like this to a team as good as the Ravens you you, you gotta gotta have a bit of hazing aren't you mm. when you when you when you're getting up there with with the big teams so this was just one of them you know the lear, the the sort of the learning to compete against these 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 bigger teams I guess mm. you know in a, in a different way to you know obviously you play you play these teams every year and stuff like that but I think it was it was just a bit of the Lions sort of being reminded a little bit that, you know, they're not there just yet. Yeah, yeah. Sharples, any advances? Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree. I think it's definitely more the focus on the Ravens, you know, just, just clicking. However, I do have to say, I would have liked to see the Lions score a few more points. It wasn't like the Ravens just had the mm. ball all game. They, I'm just looking at the stats now. They... Um, pretty much had the exact same amount of time on the ball. Lions still put up over 300 uh, yards, total yards. It's just they couldn't couldn't get it done. And I mean, for me, that's just executing it in the red zone where it really matters. So, yeah, we can chalk it off, but I think it'd be easier to chalk off a 38-20 loss than a 38-6 to loss. There's mm. just a little bit of like, come on, yeah. you're better than that, boys. You know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, final game that I want to really focus on, we will mention some other teams, though. Is that Monday night game, Kirk Cousins? <laughs> Primetime Kirk coming out to play uh, Vikings 22, just the 17 for the 49ers. What on earth happened? I mean, given how a lot of the kind of bigger games of the weekend went, not really surprising considering, like, you know, if, if you if you fell asleep before the, the late window games um, finish on Sunday, considering the reaction that you might have had to some of those results. But yeah, 49ers. Two weeks ago, we all had them way ahead of the pack, even last week mm. after that first loss. Um, what 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 happened here, Lou? I think, you know, obviously a team wins together and a team loses together. I think some of the blame has to fall on 
your boy, Brick Purdy. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I've got a curse as soon as I said that I, like Purdy's one of my favourite players in the league. He's been trash. Yeah, um, <laughs> just a, a couple of a couple of bad throws really by Purdy, some poor decision making. But um, I don't know, like. The 49ers, you know, they had McCaffrey, yeah. had Ayuk, Purdy was there. The defense, the defense, you know, Nick Bosa was there. Fred Warner was out there. Um, the Vikings just brought it to them. You know, Jordan Addison had a great game. Even, you know, you had that great touchdown by Addison, which was sort of a redemption catch from earlier in the game where it was the exact same scenario, exact same um, defensive player he was against. I forget the guy's name. Um where, you know, in the first quarter, it happens that the ball is snatched out of Addison's hands. The touchdown catch, Addison absolutely snatches it and then bolts yeah. it for, what, 34 yeah. yards or yeah. something like that. Um, the Vikings played really well. That, that's what I'll say. The Vikings played very yeah. well. And there's something something going, going awry in mm. San Francisco at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I mean Kyle Shanahan is, is prone to blowing the lead. He so um, maybe he just felt like they were just too comfortable at the top of the mm. NFC. However, mm. every week I, I kind of I'm, I look forward to certain uh, kind of games, quarterback games getting uh, analysed um, for me to watch on YouTube. And definitely this week, I'd say Jordan Love and Kirk Cousins are the two that I'm very much looking out for to be like, what happened there? Because they were both the, equally great yes. performances. Uh, to be like, what happened there? As well as Derek Carr, but I, I, I've already... Uh, Watch that video and oh boy, the Saints. Uh, we'll, we'll get on to him. Uh, Sharples, anything to say about that San Francisco loss or Minnesota win, whichever way you want to spin it? I just, I, I thought it was nice how, uh, in terms of the Vikings, it's sort of exactly what you want to happen from a fantasy point of view. So uh, obviously, Justin Jefferson goes out and it's mm. like, oh, where are those targets going to go? And instead of spreading it around the offense, um, they just threw them all to Addison and Hawkinson, which is great because that's what everyone wants wants them to do. So you know, yeah. more of that, please, uh, <clears throat> the Vikings, because it works. Absolutely, the good yeah. players throw them the ball. Um, yeah, also, there I you go. Think, um, obviously, it's it's ridiculous saying this because obviously he got two touchdowns, but I think McCaffrey was a little bit underutilized coming back off the oblique, only fifteen carries. That the man is a superhero. Like if he's fully healthy, you give him the ball every time and give him three hundred carries a mm. match. Um, so yeah, I, I think maybe just the. The offense a little bit disrupted, obviously, no no Debo or McCaffrey coming back off the oblique. I'm still happy to chalk this one off again like we did last week for the for the Niners. Um and yeah, I think I think they'll they'll bounce back in, in the next match. So um yeah, I think I think we're okay. We're all good. We're all good. Yeah, yeah. Elsewhere, the Chiefs and Eagles just keep rolling. Um Jaguars, Falcons and Seahawks with somewhat routine victories. The, the Jaguars with that victory against the Saints, who do not look uh, together at the moment, you know. Um there was a, a particular play which I know got pretty scrutinized of uh Derek Carr going ape at um Olave. Chris Olave, even though the ball was about ten yards um yeah, so it's so it's so it's not happening there like this. There is no rapport between Alave and and Car that I've seen, especially this past week. Overthrown, underthrown. Alave is just not on the same page as the route. However poorly that ball was hmm. thrown, you know. Do, do do you both? The question for both of you: If if you 
can still extract some value based on draft capital and last season's performance of Chris Olave. Do you do you go out and do, do you would you go out and trade Chris Olave for say Jordan Addison off that big week? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because you know. If if Chris Olave was coming out here and this week getting four points, then yeah, go on then. But Chris Olave is getting twelve points okay. and he's still and he's still having a what we class the poor week. So if they get it together, the ceiling is ridiculous. For what about you, Sharples? Yeah, I think Addison. We'll keep Addison. I, I really like Addison, but I think uh, I think Olave is still the superior wide receiver, and obviously different situations. I'm sorry, if, I'm sure if you plugged Olave into that Addison slot with no Justin Jefferson. And not much else to throw yeah. to in the offense. I'm sure he'd get a fair few points as well. Um, both great. Is, but no, would yeah, that I still both be? The edge the minute. Would you still both choose Olave if I said Justin Jefferson doesn't come back this year? Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, sorry, this fan- I don't know, is, cr- is this fantasy? Fantasy, I thought, sorry, I thought football, you were talking yeah. from a Saints perspective. Oh no, fantasy football. No, yeah, no. I, I want Addison on my. I mean. Especially if, if if JJ's out for the rest of the season, one hundred percent because he's going to skyrocket. Mm, but yeah, if Jeff, if Jefferson's out yeah. for I don't know four or five weeks, I, yeah. I, I think Addison's going to be an absolute monster for these for yeah. his next few games. Yeah. <clears throat> Mm. There's a crop of players that just seem to linger around 11 to 14 points every week, <clears throat> be that good or bad, depends on um, how high up uh, your kind of wide receiver depth chart they are in your fantasy teams. But we're, we're talking wide receiver or running back, we're talking Alexander Madison, we're talking Rolando Stevenson, we're talking Zay Flowers, we're talking Chris Olave. These players that are perennially, perennially 11 to 12 points. Zay Flowers is a really annoying one because I could have sworn in the first quarter of that game, I, I saw him with my own eyes score 18 fantasy points. <laughs> and you look at the stat sheet after the game and again, he's on 11 points. I don't, it, it's a really weird one. Um, yeah. I don't know what to think of Zay Flowers personally anymore. You you kind of want to play him because you, the eye test says there's upside there. Um, but yeah, disappointing. But interesting about Chris Olave, I would also be... There's going to be players in a little bit that I'm going to be advocating for you to trade for. I personally think if it was me, I'd try and get out of Chris Olave at the moment. <coughs> um, but again, elsewhere, the Burrs, Giants, Steelers and Broncos, we've upset wins. Um, who's more disappointed this week, lads. The Rams or the Packers? The Rams with that loss at home to the Steelers, I say home in quotation marks. Yeah. Um, or the Packers losing to the Broncos. Who's more disappointed? Packers. Why? Because the Broncos are rubbish and the Steelers are a decent side. Steelers are always going to be a decent team under Mike Tomlin. We spoke mm-hmm. about this time and time again on the podcast. Mike Tomlin is the dude. He's a Great NFL head coach, as long as Mike Tomlin is the coach of the Steelers, no matter how rubbish they look in preseason and how rubbish we think the players are going to be, they're still going to compete. This Broncos team is embarrassing, yeah, and and they're just embarrassed, the Packers. Yeah, Sharples? Um, yes, it is. It's definitely the Packers. Uh, Broncos are terrible. Um, just to play devil's advocate, though, I think you could maybe argue the, the Rams with it. With Cooper Cup coming back, I know obviously Puka Nakua had a good game. I think I'd have liked to have seen a little bit more out of this Rams offense. Um, hmm. Early days, and literally, I'm just as I said, playing it, doing it to play devil's advocate. But I think there's definitely an argument to me. I mean, Cooper Cup getting two for twenty nine is is absolutely atrocious. That that can't happen. So hmm. yeah, let's just see how that how that progresses in the next couple of weeks. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, how could I forget? What a nice place to end on. Um, we saw the Browns at the Colts being the highest scoring game of the weekend, which everyone predicted, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Everyone predicted an absolute yep. shootout here, didn't they? What a game. Uh, Sharples texted us partway through the game and said, I can't believe I'm playing two Colts running backs and Gardner Minshew has two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was a few more expletives <laughs> um, in the text I sent, but yeah, that was the gist of it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, Great game, and I think game. I think it's incredible if you consider that um, the Colts, the Colts without Anthony Richardson, just put up thirty-eight points on what was statistically the best defense in the league. Mm. Like, you know, the Shane Steichen's got them rolling. He has, That's he has, really. I, like, I would be very, like said, I, I'd be really optimistic if I was as sharp as is a Jonathan Taylor owner. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Can I just come out... This isn't anything to do with this game. Okay. So Can it, I just... One more point on this game. I really like those Colts units. Yeah. Just saying. I love the black. The jerseys. I thought it was yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the helmets, yeah. Um, Just on, on a scale of... I think so. You you know this take that I'm going to give you because I texted you both it. Mm. So I don't really want your reactions. I mean, you know how spicy it is and how, how not spicy it is on a scale of like milk to mm. sriracha sauce. Sriracha. What about a ghost pepper? A ghost pepper. Sriracha, sriracha sauce. The hottest you. thing you could think of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how hot is this take? Right. And I text it to you. The Miami the Miami Dolphins. I think they beat up on bad teams, and I think they they simply cannot and won't compete against any team with a winning record. I don't think that's a super hot take because I think oh, they're spicy. Spicy. Um, I don't know. Maybe a muck spicy from a McDonald's. Spicy. Very spicy at all. Um, or maybe mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. <laughs> that is not spicy whatsoever. Neither was your take, my friend. Um, I would say HP sauce because HP sauce has a. A bit it's of a spice, spice. has a little bit tangy. of a it's little, tangy little bit of a spice to it's it. It's not. It doesn't. Um, it's more tangy. I would say HP. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I think there are multiple teams in the league this season that are like that. So I don't think that's super. Sharples, spicy. Um, how spicy is it? I don't agree with it. Um, I think. So it would I think be hot. People are still still projecting the dolphins to be up there. So I suppose in terms of the consensus, it's spicy because most people disagree with you. So I'm going to give you jalapeno. I'm going to give you jalapeno. Um, jalapeno. That's a, that's that's like a mainstream spice as well. To yeah, be fair. but then I mean, if you, you look know, at Scotland, we all know it's, jalapenos it's probably, are spicy. Probably not much. So I'm giving you middle ground. Middle ground spicy. Um, Cheers. Yeah, lad. obviously two two. Two losses to big teams, and it is obviously glaring on the stat sheet that you're right. They absolutely beat up on the likes of the Panthers and, and the Broncos. But I, I, I think that, I still think they're going to be too good. I, I think we just need to give them a, a few more games against good offenses, and I'm sure they can even it out because that the offense is just silly. And I think they will still swarm good teams. We just we just need to give them a bit more time, a bit more time. Of course, of course. Mm. Well, impressive victory. This week, I'm going to go Ravens. Thought they looked really great. Uh, they completely controlled the pace and tempo of the game. Well, my Jackson looked fantastic. They could run the ball. Andrews, tight end day, whatever rubbish that is. Uh, yeah, Ravens. Blue. Ravens, yeah, look fantastic. Traps. 
Car Car Ravens. <laughs> uh, not buying it when I thought this was hard this week, but I'm going Broncos, of course, even though I do think it was a worrying loss for Green Bay um, and a significant one. I am going Broncos, Lou. Yeah, I had, I had three teams listed here, and the three that you were probably thinking of as well. But yeah, I'm going to go Broncos just because I think the Broncos are bad. Yeah, and Sharples? Uh, Broncos are bad. Uh, I'm going to mix it up there. I think the Patriots, uh, I don't know how they managed to put with that many points. I've watched them with my own eyes the past few weeks and they are garbage. So I think we'll see that trend right itself again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the worst team in the league, I was going to go, um, I was going to go for that team that, that plays in Vegas, although the record isn't as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> so I'm going to go the Saints because I thought Thursday night was a complete car crash. Uh, so yeah, the Saints. Luke. I know. What do you do when all the teams that you usually put in this category win? Um, uh, you go with the Raiders. You go with the Raiders. Okay, so you did go with the Raiders. Yeah. The, the record is okay, though. That's okay. the thing. I think right. they're like three and four. Okay. Uh, yeah, Raiders as well. I mean, conceding 30... To a team that's got what's his name, Bilbo Baggins at quarterback. I mean, just, just <laughs> outrageous. Um, Tyson yeah. Bajent. Yeah, Bajent. Shout out Baggins, not Baggins. Um, when they were just throwing the ball to Devontae Adams, I was like, oh, they might actually win, and then that stopped, and then yeah, they just got hammered. So mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Are we doing heading to the booth now? Can do heading to the booth now, <laughs> just quickly. You remember, remember though, the premise of this is that, because I've seen who you've picked. Mine's changed. Um, Mine has um, changed. So the, no, the, the, no, screen, is, to, the, the screen is lying to you. Is it? Because the one that you've got written on there, I don't know what you would bring to a broadcast booth. Um, How to not coach a team. Brandon Staley, yeah. Um, they've got to bring something to the broadcast booth as well as not uh, being, you know, uh, fit to play, not having any right to play in the yeah. NFL anymore. That's why I think Daniel Jones should join the Manning cast. <laughs> so I'm going to go Daniel Jones heading to the, the Manning cast booth. Okay, well, to be fair, mine is along the same lines as yours because mine also is a player who's given an egregiously bad contract. It's Deshaun Watson, but... He's never but getting no, no, cru- a job. Crucially, <laughs> crucially, you didn't let me finish, crucially, the booth that Deshaun Watson will be in next year is one that you can order a cheeseburger and large fries from. Yeah. Yeah, um, like we said at the uh, at the weekend when he was playing terribly, uh, it's just fantastic to see. It's just fantastic to see. It is. Yeah. It is great to see Deshaun Watson playing awfully. But let's talk about some players who did well. Yeah, let's 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 talk about some players who did pretty darn well. Um, top five quarterbacks on the week: Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Minshew. Uh, Allen and Hurts, not great quarterback scoring on the whole this week. There's always those down weeks positionally. Um, Devonta Foreman at the running back position was the top scorer the week uh, when everyone dropped into the benches, so that's fantastic. Uh, Alvin Kamara looks really good this year for fantasy. In real life, I thought he did make a few mistakes, but luckily in fantasy you don't get minus points for uh, missed blocks because uh, there were plenty. <laughs> Jameer Gibbs is here finally. Travis Etienne is rolling, and McCaffrey is obviously on here at five. Uh, elsewhere, Gus Edwards, Jonathan Taylor, James Cook, Saquon Barkley with nice games. You feared when Barkley went down holding the arm, but you know he came back in and he was really well. Uh, wide receiver Jordan Addison, hell yeah. AJ Brown is uh, 
He's over 125 yards in the past five games. Wow. Whoa. Wow. That's kind of come out of nowhere. I, 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 for some reason, I was still in the mind that AJ Brown's having a slow start to the season. Nope. And then I realised it was week seven. Yeah. Tyreek, um, Josh Downs, good game. Colts wide receiver. Puka Nakua up there. Puka Nakua is a monster. There was a catch that he made on the sideline where he gets absolutely creamed by like two mm. two defenders and still yeah. kept hold of it. Still did a little toe tap as well. Yeah. Unbelievable wide receiver. Mm. Uh Ross and Brennan, Mike Evans with good games too. And tight end, national tight end day it was indeed. Travis Kelsey, 12 catches, 179 yards, and wow. a touchdown. Monstrous. Uh I think he might have been the number one scorer on the week. Um, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, all with great weeks. But of course, uh, those are your main tight end names anyway. The general tight end landscape is still horrible. Uh, any standout fantasy players this week, though, lads? Can be someone I mentioned or someone I have not. I just, I, It was great to see Darren Waller have a great game, I'd say. Mm. Um, looked really good was targeting the offense because he's he's got a quarterback who knows how to throw the ball to him. Yes. Tyrod Taylor. How if you're the Giants and you're Brian Dable, how do you bench Daniel Jones? Because you have to. You have to. They're playing better football yeah. with Tyrod Taylor and that is undeniable. Mm. So how do you bench him? Mm. And how do you tell the owner of that team, you know this guy that we're paying forty million to every year? Oh, I don't want to play him. He's bad. He's really <laughs> bad. Sharples, any standouts? Um, yeah, I mean, it was National Tight End Day, so I'm going to stick with the theme. Mark Andrews, just lovely to see him being thrown to in the end zone. I'm hoping it's not just a National Tight End Day thing, because there did seem to be a lot of tight end points this week. I'm hoping he's in the game plan yeah. going forward, because he will catch yeah. things if you throw him the ball. Mm. He was always open as well. Mm. <coughs> if really you good. throw it, he will catch. Yeah. Or some variation on yes. that quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, busts though. Bijan Robinson. Uh, he was sick. He was sick. <laughs> no, like I said to you before, Lou, this could get into a whole, uh, a whole. Your tattoo says, "Dude." Your tattoo says, "Sweet." Scenario. A la dude was my so, car. Uh, yeah. yeah, he was ill. Is what we mean. That used to be a word for. Something being good as well, though. He was ill. He, he was, was Ill. sick. Um, but you're, you're probably going to give us a bit of news on that. In a I will. Uh, Cheeky Gabe, bad game. Amari Cooper, awful game. Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, bad games. Here are two players, though. I'm not going to mention Cooper Cup in this because the Cooper Cup owner was holding on to him for a reason. However, as I did in our main league, go after either Josh Jacobs or Austin Eckler. I packaged a running back and a wide receiver up in our main league and came back with Austin Eckler this week. Go after Jacobs Tell everyone who you're training, Al. Everybody, he traded Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill for Austin Eckler. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. No, <laughs> no you did. It's not true. It's not true. I traded Jalen Waddle and Alexander Madison for Austin Eckler. Um, go out... Do, any disagreements with me there? Do, do are we advocating going out and getting Jacobs and Eckler this week? Yeah, the, the usage is there for Jacobs. It's I mean, it's worrying that it's still he's still stuttering. Mm. I I I I am a Josh Jacobs manager in in a few leagues. Um, killed me a few times, but I'm I'm staying the course. Yeah, I'm yeah. keeping him. Sharples. I think I'd be a lot happier with um, Eckler than Jacobs. I've just got a feeling this Devontae Adams situation might disrupt that offense a little bit. Mm. Um, and I know, I think, I think it's something. Josh Jacobs is like 
t- just about the 10th running back, I think, and, and Eckler's 44, so I know it sounds a bit daft, but I just think once Eckler's back in there in that offence, he is, he's going to see the ball a lot. Jacobs, I just... For yeah. one, I still think the Chargers are a much better offence than the Raiders, and the Raiders are just a bit bad in general, plus the sort of discontent with Adams. I do think that's probably a little bit of a toxic locker room at the minute. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. ma- maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Both, obviously, both great players on the pitch, but I think I'd be mm-hmm. looking more towards Eckler okay. than Jacobs. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, Cooper Cup, bad game as well. Justin Herbert hasn't looked good for a couple of weeks. Raheem Mostert, I think we chalked this one off uh, to a bad game for the Dolphins. And Calvin Ridley. This is a weird one, though. Mm. Um, I'm worried now if I'm a Calvin Ridley owner um, because he just doesn't look like the the guy in this offense. No. I don't know whether he looks bad, like as in he's lost a step or anything. I just It just doesn't look like he's the first read. He isn't, and I'm going to talk about who is the first read a little later on. Okay. Um, but into our projection beaters for last week. This is absolute. This is a joke. This quarterback was, one is a joke. It is. I'll go through mine first. Uh, so we had Jordan Love, Isaiah Pacheco, and Kyle Pitts having, you know, okay okay games. Uh, nothing amazing. Christian Watson with a bad and though, only 5.7 fantasy points. Um, Sharples with a clean week nice clean week to be fair Dobbs had 16 points so it wasn't anything but it was a nice game Drake London had an insane an insane catch yeah um, and, and held on to the ball 11.4 fantasy points it was it was a nice game but um, Kareem Hunt with, was yeah. a hit and Taysom Hill great show started great off show, before, the, before the Instagram post plug in the Instagram go and follow in the pocket across the pond in the pocket across Instagram. the pond on Instagram yes uh, before the Instagram post of our projection beaters was even posted Sharples secured a hit with Taysom Hill talk us through that one Sharples listen I mean did I pick him because his projection was so low that he basically had to lose points in order for me to be a bus yes but we know what Taysom Hill is he's a wild card you know what I mean? He's not a tight yeah. Is he a tight end? Is he a running back? Is he a quarterback? Yeah. He often he's a wild card and he often lines up in the wild cat formation. Who knows what he's yeah. gonna do? All I know is such a low projection, and given the fact that he could score two touchdowns on any given week, you gotta get him in there, which is why, spoiler alert, mm. you're open him again. Nice. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I'd love you to pick him every week. I like the fact I'm gonna pick him until he lets yeah. him down. Inevitably will be this week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I love I love picturing the Saints like over the past few years actually trying to move on from Taysom Hill, but it, it, every time we just get like the it's always sunny scene of Charlie be like wild card, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he'll do something like he did this past week or something. I remember yeah. um, uh, Al was it was it I think it was either my first season or maybe second season. There was a week where the Saints, I think both of the Saints two starting quarterbacks got injured. And you started t- Taysom Hill as a tight end, even though he was actually a quarterback on the game. And I just thought yeah. it was absolutely Yeah, yeah. I, I did, I, I did. I do remember that I week. Did. I do remember that week, because you were against me, and I ended up still beating you, because he wasn't that good. Yeah, he only got like 15 points or something. Yeah. But I, but it was just the sheer rush of, of having a quarterback Imagine, in Imagine, yeah, that was, that was wild. That was know, absolutely yeah. wild. I don't... This, you, you, you say, like, you hope that... Um, that kind of fantasy sites and platforms have caught up to it, but how do you catch up to that? No, Just designate him as a... I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lou, talk us through that miss 
at the quarterback position. Bear in mind, so if you need a reminder, our projection beaters, we do four points above the ESPN projection is a hit, four points below is a miss, um, anything in the middle. It's nothing because y- y- you're happy with it. You're not ecstatic with it, but you'll take it. But Brock Purdy on 12.78 fantasy points this All week, right. was a miss. If Brock Purdy got not point, might, he got what, not point two fantasy points more, it would have been fine. But I, I, it was a miss because instead of getting twelve point eight, he got twelve point yeah. seven eight, yeah. which is yeah, yeah, whatever. But, but I mean, Stevenson, Olave, and Musgrave were all okay. The thing is, Olave, right? Can I just say, Chris Olave, twelve point seven points. He had fifteen targets, fifteen targets. It just goes you to know. show the quality of those targets. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and if you are new, we 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 tot all these up at the end of the season. Um, we did really well last year. <clears throat> Next week, when we do a bit of a mid-season review, I'll get up where we were about that the were like where our hits and misses numbers-wise were last season, and I think we're significantly better. I, 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 that is not we, right. We did, that we is did, not right. We did move the goalposts a little bit in terms of I think last year it was three points below three, or three points above was a hit three points above was a hit five points below was a miss yeah so we're being harder on ourselves this year because you know we're more experienced podcasters more experienced yeah. fantasy football players says, well, I mean all, says, your, your misses at the quarterback would have been misses regardless mate I've not had a hit since week three at the quarterback or in general in general <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to Lewis this is meant to be like a, a good fantasy expertise show no, they come to me and Sharples to the expertise. They come to you to laugh at. Nice. Um, news? News. A uh, few injuries this week and a little bit of news about Chris Olave, um, which we'll get to. Relevant, though, because his quarterback is Derek Carr, but you'll okay. see. Okay. Saquon Barkley hyperextended his elbow during the, science, uh, the, the Giants' win, as we mentioned. Came back in the game, looked great, so don't expect him to miss any time. Karen... Williams, injured reserve prior, placed on injured reserve prior to Sunday's game with an ankle injury, which was not meant to be that bad, but he's going to miss four weeks now. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about who you can pick up in his in his in his absence. Um, Jalen hurts. This was a weird one. He played the second half of a brace on his left knee, and then at the end of the game, he says he hopes it won't affect him as the season progresses. Oh well, yeah. So just keep an eye on that. Bijan Robinson was sick. Um, <laughs> he was ill. Not not well. He was not well. Um, <laughs> the coaching staff came out in the middle of the game and said he's not feeling great. Which he, I think he, he played a total of seven snaps or something. He looked like he was going to be sick. He did. He really did. <laughs> he didn't look like a healthy boy. Um, <laughs> the Falcons are actually being. Uh, the the they're currently being asked an injury report compliance question by the league because basically any player who misses a game or plays less than the usually play but they're not on their injury report prompts a bit of an inquiry from the league. So depending on when the Falcons actually found out about Robinson's illness, they they could actually face a fine um, for breaking league rules if they knew about it prior to the final injury report and just wanted to get him out there and see how he felt. Yeah. Um, Ho- hopefully they can just go with the narrative that they were playing the hot hand in Tyler Algier but it depends <laughs> it, depend- it, it depends whether the injury report people are blind or not <laughs> yeah speaking of throwing up Deshaun Watson was ruled out um, 
after he aggravated his shoulder injury that he's been hampered with this season. He didn't return to the game, undergoing further tests. He was stood with his stuff on, so it was the decision to keep him uh, yeah, out of the game. He, yeah, was stood, was. he was stood there as if he was expecting to go back yeah. on every snap, yeah. You know, when I'm getting these injury reports, I do have a look at various different sources and stuff. So, you know, and I sort of, you know, relay it back in a way. Mm-hmm. So, as well, you know, I got this from one of the websites as well. Is what's more concerning than what's his shoulder, though, is his complete inability to look like he ever knew how to actually play football. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christian Watson having tests on a knee injury that he oh. suffered at the end of the Packers game versus the Broncos. Obviously, Watson has missed a. You know, a lot of games with a hamstring injury. This is just another one of them. Keep an eye on that. Injured um, guy. Yeah, Injured Luke Musgrave, guy. as well for the Packers, exited with an ankle injury, which was, injury which was player. which was amazing because I, when he was ruled out, I immediately immediately assumed it was because he nearly had his head blown up by by yeah. a helmet helmet. But his head's fine. Um, but he was in a walking boot after the game. Um, Debo Samuel. Debo, ding, ding, ding. That's three super injury-prone players in a row. Watson, Musgrave, and mm-hmm. Debo Samuel. Ruled out prior to the Monday night game with a lingering shoulder injury, so keep that monitored. And then also DK Metcalf uh, was a game-time decision, but eventually inactive due to rib-slash-hip injuries that he's dealing with, so keep an eye on that. And then the bit of news that is Chris Olave Carr-related, not Derek Carr, I'm talking automobile, Chris Olave has been arrested. What? When? Um, Monday. Arrested on suspicion of reckless driving. No comment, no comment from the team or the league as of yet. Um, obviously, no injuries or anything, thank God. Um, to anyone. To anyone. Right. But obviously, he was just... He, he, I, think, I think I read he was going like 70 and a 30 or something like that. Okay. So, yeah, so just maybe disciplinary action happening for Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a joke right there is jokes <laughs> cars there's a joke car the, joke. the car uh, Derek Carr being angry at him related joke in the I'll think of one and try and get in he was trying he no, was, no, he, no, he was really trying harder to catch a light than he was to catch a pass no 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 I was thinking of a better one than that okay um, <laughs> anyway I want to talk about some dream scenarios now with the trade deadline approaching on the 31st of October. <laughs> um, and this is our last show before then. We want to give you one dream... Dream trade deadline. Deadline. Oh. <laughs> uh, the trade deadline approaching. We want to give you a dream scenario each for fantasy football. If we could just put a player from one team on another team... And we think it would be amazing for fantasy football. <clears throat> There's so many. When I when I'd done mine, there were so many more that I could think of. Patrick Mahomes to the Cowboys. <laughs> this is a fantasy dream scenario. So obviously, us sick and twisted Cowboys fans can't just have every good player under the sun coming to the Cowboys. I'll start us off, lads. Um, and in my dream scenario, the San Francisco 49ers trade for Devontae Adams. Oh, mm. yeah. Now, I know they've already got some nice weapons in San Francisco, but they've got no one like Devontae Adams. You know, with the trade for McCaffrey last year, the Niners showed that when they have a real elite player, they're willing to get him involved, no no matter what, and make them vital to the game plan. Debo Samuel, the wide receiver, is more of a gadget guy and he's super injury prone. 
and Brandon Ayuk, he's playing well, but he's by no means an elite wide receiver in the NFL. Adams, on the other hand, is an all-pro, and he's always open. Imagine Kyle Shanahan manufacturing Devontae Adams' targets. Purdy of two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Slicing and dicing defences with a combination of McCaffrey checkdowns and Devontae Adams' darts. Uh, the, the, just the mesh um, of the dynamic and unique offen- offense of the 49ers and Purdy's anticipation and accuracy and Adams' route running and ability to be wide open would just be incredible for fantasy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that would be my dream scenario. Um, Sharples, what's yours? I mean, this is an absolutely wild one. Obviously, it could it could never happen in real life. But uh, obviously, Jets struggling at QB at the minute. Zach Wilson up and down. I mean, it'd be absolutely mental. But I would love to see Aaron Rodgers line up for the Jets. Um <laughs> Is Aaron Rodgers in the room with us right now? Is I think I think I've got Aaron Rodgers with us right now, Sharples. Yeah, you know this boot is feeling pretty good, and uh, I think in my bad we ten, I could win a couple more MVPs, and uh, that's a (laughs) cheers, Aaron. In all seriousness, though, he's not coming back for week 10. His Achilles tendon came off the bone like a good old it Texas hit, brisket. It hit a fan in the face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, carry on, Charles. Yeah, um, I, didn't, I didn't prep for this, so I've just, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants here. But just to do a very obvious one, uh, potentially the best wide receiver in the league, going to the best quarterback in the league. Um, for too long, Travis Kelsey has been harding targets like some greedy dragon on the... In a dwarven tomb. I've not seen The Hobbit for a while. I forgot all the name. Uh, I would like to see Cooper Cup going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, nice. I, I actually also wrote down that I do also think Tyreek Hill would be good at the Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> in Bizarro's world. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Lou. Um, we're talking about similar teams and players here. I, I was thinking about Devontae Adams as well. But no, I, I'm I'm not going to go Devontae Adams for another team. I'm going to go with one that I actually spoke about with our brother, Adam. And um, I'm going to say Garrett Wilson to the Chiefs. Because, you know, I mean, I know that, I know that whenever a player gets, you know, traded to the Chiefs or they acquire someone, we all get carried away and stuff like that. Because it's exciting. It's exciting when a player... The prospect of a player playing with Patrick Mahomes, but I feel like anyone on the Chiefs. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like Garrett Wilson at the Chiefs would be he would be unquestionably the best wide receiver yeah. um, in in that room. His ability, as we're talking about with with like Devontae Adams, to get wide open. His ability for explosive players with the most explosive quarterback in the league. Wow, honestly, imagine Barkley at the Chiefs. <clears throat> imagine anybody at the Chiefs. You, by the way, you did realise this was dream scenario, not nightmare <clears throat> scenario. You've written cousins to the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> I no 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 no. No, let me point that out. Let me point that out. Okay. I wrote, how would how would he be any better with the Saints than he is with the No 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 no. Okay, okay. I'm not thinking about Kirk Cousins in that scenario. I'm thinking about Chris Olave. Well we, why wouldn't you just say Chris Olave to the Chiefs then? To the Vikings. Or the Vikings, or why cousins? Why wouldn't he say like Mahomes to the Saints? Because that's not a dream scenario. That's sort of like a yeah, probably scenario. Okay, cousins okay. to the Saints. I'm going Garrett Wilson to the okay. Chiefs. Okay. Well, sticking with the Halloween theme, got a bit of trick or treat. <laughs> 
We've got a bit of trick-or-treat for you two gentlemen. Basically, I'm going to read you a, a player prop for the week ahead, and you're going to tell me whether it's a nasty old trick. <laughs> or a treat, yay. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Uh, we'll give we'll we'll walk we'll walk you through this first one uh, to give you an example. So DJ Moore this week at the Los Angeles Chargers, who are terrible against wide receivers. DJ Moore to score more to have sorry more than sixty five receiving yards um, against the Chargers. Now I don't think Justin Fields is going to play, um, so they've got Bilbo Baggins. Um, but trick or treat is that a trick? Or a treat, DJ Moore, to have more than sixty-five receiving yards. Sharples, trick or treat. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at his past couple of games. He's he managed fifty-one and fifty-four in his last two, despite having eight and nine targets respectively. So that would indicate a trick. But I think this Chargers team. I think didn't you say it was the worst ranked defense? It's showing up as the, as the worst here. Yeah, so the terrible. Sixty-five yards. Terrible. I think he can do that. I think that's going to be. A lovely, scrumptious treat. Nice, Lou. Yeah, I was thinking along the same lines as Sharples looking at that, you know, but I, I also think that's gonna be a, a treat. I think Bajan I don't know what, I don't know whether they win that game. Bajan the agent. Agent Bajan. Um I yeah, I'm gonna go treat as well. I, I think that I'm I'm just picturing in my head DJ Moore catching the ball for five er yards and then Running it for seventy yards after catch, you know, double ob agent. Um, next one, trick or treat. DeAndre Swift at the Commanders. Uh, DeAndre Swift to score more than sixteen fantasy points. Mm. I think that's. I think that's a trick. Ooh. Just because this is the Eagles this year have been a little bit like the Bills in that they've they've been. The teams that you think they're going to absolutely steamroll, they've had a bit of a hard time against them. So I can see the commanders somehow coming out and being like 14 nothing up or something like that, something stupid, um, which would force Philadelphia to unlock AJ Brown again. So I'm I'm going trick. Mm. Sharples? Mm, over 16... I think I think I want to say trick as well. Uh, I think I agree with what what Lou said. I mean, the, the Commanders have got a notoriously horrible defensive line, and when I say horrible, I mean really good. Like you would not want those men running at you. Um, obviously, John <laughs> Swift's a, a great player, but yeah, I think the Commanders will be able to swallow them up, and I think it's going to be a cagey affair. Maybe not super high scoring, so I don't think he's got a touchdown against his name for me this week. So yeah, I think I think that might be a nasty a nasty trick. Okay. It's a tough one though because I mean, since week 2 when Swift won that job, mm-hmm. um so that's what, you know, that's 6 weeks now. Um he has surpassed 16 points in 4 of those weeks. I knew what I was doing when I set these lines, man. So, okay, apologies for assuming that you didn't. But can anyone blame me? <laughs> Trick or treat, Patrick Mahomes at the fantastic, the unbeatable Denver Broncos. Uh, more than three passing touchdowns. Trick or treat. This is, I've opened the door to a beautiful house on trick or treat night. There's 
cookies baking in the oven that I can see. There's is anyone an, in this house? An assortment. Nope. Just broke into a house. <laughs> Correct. There's an assortment of different. There's chocolate. There's toffee. There's skittles. You know. There's anything I can wish. This is the biggest tree ever. Yes. More than three passing touchdowns. Okay. I'm just thinking of the fact that Denver are ungodly awful at defending the run. Um, and I'm, I'm asking for um, three passing touchdowns for Mahomes. Oh, yeah. all, more than three pa- Okay, shackles? Yeah. Uh, no, that's that's a trick. So more than three, so four passing touchdowns. Um, fair Correct. play. He, he did it last week against happen. the Chargers. Um, Denver are terrible, but no, I just think that's a... A bridge, a bridge too far, even for even for beautiful. Nah. Patrick, You'll have so, Kelsey. Okay. Kelsey will catch two. Rice will catch one. Okay. Like MVS will yeah. probably catch one. Okay, okay. Um, trick or treat. Mike Evans at Buffalo. Five or more receptions. Now Mike Evans on the season is currently averaging eight targets and five receptions. <clears throat> Mike Evans has been really great. Uh, not the easiest place to go and play though. Um, trick or treat, Luke. I'm going to say treat. Um, I think the Buccaneers are going to have to keep up in this game. Buffalo can can score points no matter who they lose against. Um, they can put up yards, yards put up points. Um, so I think that they're going to have to hyper-target Evans, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chapels? So did you say over five receptions? So six receptions? More Five or, five or more. Five, five okay. or more. Um, yeah, I think given... Just looking at his his stats for the season, I think pretty safe. Uh, obviously, the defense might focus in on him, so maybe it's Godwin gets involved a bit more. But yeah, no, I think I think five's doable. I think that's a treat. I think that's a treat. Okay, just a couple more. Trick or treat. Jonathan Taylor versus New Orleans. Always a good rush defense. No different this year. Uh, more than seventy rushing yards for Jonathan Taylor. Trick or treat. Now, he just had 75 this previous week, and he could get more of the work. I think that is a trick, just because New Orleans have been a really good defence uh, across the board this year. That's why the games often have hit the under, because um, they've, they've kept it sort of in reach. So I, I think I think the Colts might have a tough time. But then again, they did just put 38 up on the Browns. But no, I'm going on. I'm going trick. I'm going trick. Chapels, I think you're going different, aren't you? Yeah, I think tree. Um, definitely Saints um, defense is no joke. But I just think last week, Jonathan Taylor, uh, 18 carries, got 75 yards. And there was still a little bit of Zach Moss there. I think this week it's probably going to be the fully, full Jonathan Taylor show. So I'm hoping for... Over twenty carries, and I think I think he can do it. He looked he looked like the we saw flashes of the old Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think he's back, and seventy five. It's a, it's a high ballpark. I think it'll be close, but I think he can do it with a, with a few more carries. Um, so yeah, nice nice scrumptious treat. Nice and finally, trick or treat. Tyreek Hill versus New England. More than 25 fantasy points, currently averaging 26, very high watermark. Um, yeah, trick or treat. More than 25 fantasy points for Tyreek, Lou. I'm going to say treat, because they're at home. Okay. Miami at home against New England. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. He had, his yardage was a bit 
Um, on the lower side this past week, I think he got eight, what was it, 88 yards or something yeah. like that. I think Tyreek wants to blow up again because he wants to get that 2,000 yard season, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, I, I don't want to bet against Tyreek Hill. Um, it's funner not to bet against Tyreek Hill. Yeah. yeah. Shaffles? Uh, I think that's a trick, unfortunately. Um, they've played New England already this season, week two. He only got 15 points. Um, Bill Belichick. Not only does he shut down um, quarterbacks, which I think he'll do to Tua. I think Tua had a bad week when they played New England as well. He loves bringing down the number one option um, of your team. You see it a lot, like the number one guys go up to New England and and don't play the best. So I think that's just Mm going to be the case again. Obviously with Tyreek, he could go off for you know a massive play and that and get an eighty-yard touchdown and then you're fine. But yeah, I think I think Darth Bill's got something something planned for him. And and as you say, twenty. Six points was it? Is mm. it is a very high watermark? So uh, no, I think that's yeah. a yeah. Um, a packet of raisins in your um, trick or treat chocolate. Ooh. I think that is true. A, a candy uh, yeah. apple that is yeah, true. Grim. Um, candy apple that that works. That works double as well. What do you mean? Because you know it's like. because we're talking about it's not just like you've seen an apple you then you then you're feeling in your trick-or-treat bag and you're like bloody hell an apple and you pick it out and it's like whoa candy and then you bite into it and it's like oh bloody hell this is great again yeah yeah um i think you know what that is that is correct about bill belichick taking away the the number one option what is what what has been the mistake this year by bill belichick is that is the only option he has taken away. Yeah, and yeah. He's forgotten about all the other players that he's against. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, into waivers. Quick shout out to some guys that are rostered in less than fifty percent of leagues that we think are worth picking up. Sharples, who've you got? Uh, I've got two running backs uh, this week. One guy I, I don't think we mentioned around the time uh, that James Conner got injured, but Emery Demarcado, running back for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, rostered in just under sixteen percent of leagues, um, he's not been. He's certainly not been lights out since um, Connor's been out, but um, he's getting all the work there. He'll probably be good for sort of twelve, thirteen points a week. There's probably a lot of teams that need that right now. I certainly wouldn't sniff it in my flex slot. So uh, yeah, I've gone for Demarcado and mm-hmm. um, a guy who just crept under um, our rostered limit. He's rostered in forty eight percent of leagues. That's Deontay Foreman. Obviously, huge week. Not expecting mm-hmm. to get thirty three points every week, but. It looks like he's going to get the goal line work, and looks like he's got some he's got some juice. So uh, again, if you're looking for a guy yeah. in a flex slot who could blow up, we've just seen him blow up. You might get a few busts with him, but there's definitely the potential there. So uh, yeah, Foreman for the Bears. Mm. Yeah, Lou. I am going to go with Josh Downs, wide receiver for the Colts, rookie wide receiver for the Colts, who's looked really good, especially with. Um, Especially with Gardner Minshew, uh, so they've obviously got a rapport there. You know, bet on that, pick him up. Mm-hmm. He's been really nice. And I'm also going to go with Daryl Henderson, running back for the Rams. Who it wasn't actually on the Rams at the start of the season. I think he was at the Jags, and then they brought him back to the practice squad. Then they activated him to the roster, and then he got a lot of the work this week. I'm I'm saying pick up Henderson just because he's familiar with, with that offense. They obviously know him and trust him, which is why they brought him back in to start while Karen is out. Oh, so yeah. I'm I'm yeah. going to say yeah, Henderson, yeah. who who will be available in <clears throat> pretty much every single league. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go Tank Dell player that's blown up a few times already this season in a really pass-heavy 
offence. And Shuba Hubbard, who I mentioned last week, he's coming off the bye. I think he's going to be the go-to guy there now in Carolina over Miles Sanders. So pick them two up. Also, check your waiver wires and see if Kareem Hunt and Gus Edwards, they're a bit higher rostered uh, percentage-wise, but check if they're on the. Let's look ahead to week eight, though, chaps. Uh, no teams on by, and is that does that always happen? I think so. Yeah. Okay. And because because for some reason, then you'll have like a million teams on by next week, something like that. Uh, no teams on by, and because our clocks go back and Americas don't till next week, we get five p.m. red zone. Very yes. nice stuff. Um, dead zone. Dead zone. Ooh, Halloween. Witching hour. <laughs> Scott Hansen. <laughs> um, match-up targets, I just want to briefly mention. Because um, we're getting... We're seven weeks in now. We kind of know the teams that we want, the defences that we want to target. Um, there's five I've got for you. A few of them have got specifics in there. So Denver, bad team, bad defence, especially against the run. Chargers, really bad defence against wide receiver and quarterbacks. But also Giants, Washington and Panthers. Those five are the teams that we're definitely targeting with our players. If you are unsure in terms of a start-sit decision, and we've not mentioned that play on the podcast, if they're playing one of those five defences, get them in there because it's match-up and these are, are really bad uh, uh, um not conceding points. They are bad at not conceding points. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's look ahead in terms of fantasy players. I'm going to start with how we always start this section. Forget about it! It's forget about it. It's the players that are locked into your lineup, no matter what. Don't worry about. Whoa, he's wearing a ghost outfit. Sorry, Whoa. I didn't realize that. I did not realize that the forget about it man was wearing a ghost outfit. Yeah, well, it is pretty Halloween. shoddy craftsmanship, though. It's just like a blanket with a couple of eyes stitched on it. But whatever. Quarterback, forget about it. Hurts, Mahomes, Allen, and Lamar. Forget about it. Running backs: McCaffrey, Eckler, Jacobs, Etienne, Swifty. Ken Walker, Alan Kamara, Raheem Mostert, and Tony Pollard. Forget about it! Wide receiver Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, Amara St. Brown, AJ Brown, Cooper Cup, stick with him, uh, Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase, and Seagal Lamb. Forget about it! And unfortunately, if you are in a league where you have to play tight ends, it's Kelsey, Hawkinson, Andrews, Kittle, and Laporta. Forget about it! Thank you, mate. I think he's going trick-or-treating. That's why he's dressed as he a ghost. He just floated through the wall. What? So he is a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. Uh, <laughs> projection beaters. Players that we think are going to outscore the projections this week by four or more fantasy points. We'll start in the spookiest place of all. The tight ends. <laughs> and we'll start with the spookiest guy of all, Alex Sharples. Mm. Ooh, ghoulish. Uh, I'm going to go with Taysom Chill. Um, I don't have a, <laughs> I, I just thought of that one as I was saying it. I, I'm not going to promise I can do a Halloween pun on everyone. I will do my best, though. Um, yeah, like I said... I'm also going to try now. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, like I said, uh, when I mentioned it before... He's projected 5.5 points. He has to do very, very little to still be an okay pick for me. Um, and he's, he's got that potential of um, maybe he'll get a little receiving touchdown or a rushing touchdown or, or 
yeah, I, I still I still don't understand why he keeps getting these low projections. He's very boom bust, um, but when he booms, he booms. So yeah, Taysom Hill again, gonna ride oh, yeah. ride this man to hits every week until he lets me down, and then I'll never pick him ever again. Nice, nice. I'm gonna go with Jake Ferguson, and I couldn't think of a <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of a pun for Jake Ferguson. I think I've got one for another player though. Uh, Halloween or horror based pun? Um, Jake, 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 Jake. No, not got anything. Uh, projected nine versus the Rams. Uh, the Rams are bottom seven. A bottom seven defense versus tight end. So I'm hoping for a touchdown here in what could be a game with a lot of points. Uh, Lou, I'm gonna go with. Daltoom Schultz. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Uh, listen, Schultz, since week four, he's averaged 16.3 fancy points a game, which is good enough to be third um, among tight ends over that stretch in points per game. Become one of CJ Stroud's favourite targets, facing a Panthers team who, you know, they aren't the best matchup for tight ends, but then again, they are arguably the worst team in the league. So, Schultz, I don't think he'll have a problem putting up a nice stat line once again. Nice, nice. Uh, running back, Chapels. Yeah, um, I'm not quite sure on, on the logic with this one. I thought it was a, a relatively um, beatable uh, projection. I've gone Derek Henry, 14.4 um, uh, points projected. He's against the Atlanta Falcons, which I was surprised that they are actually the second-ranked defense uh, against the run. But I just think with um, Tannehill not being there, uh, I don't really know what else they're going to do offensively unless they just give him the ball. Um, he he saved his uh, his value last time he played because he ripped off a seventy-yard touchdown. Um, I, I don't think he's going to do that again. But I, I just think I just think he is going to be the offense this week. And at fourteen point four. Give him thirty carries nice. and let's let, let let's just let's just give him the ball and see. So um, I think it's a beatable one, but I think it could blow up in my stupid face as well. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go Brees Fall of the House of Usher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a horror story thing. Right, not very Halloweeny though. Brees Hall projected fifteen point eight at the New York Giants. Now. This is a confidence play for all Brees Hall owners, I would say. It's been a strange season for Hall, you know, coming off the bad injury, the bringing in of Dalvin Cook, the really slow start to the season, the, the injury to Rodgers, the couple of big weeks right before the bye week that may have faded in people's memory too. Uh, well, Hall's for real. We saw him reclaim the lead role uh, for the Jets and get super involved in the passing game just before the bye week. And... Yeah, this talent is irresistible, and he's he's nice and fresh and ready to face the Giants um, in what isn't a real road game. You know, they play at the same stadium. Uh, the Giants have an average to bad rush defense, and in general, uh, as I mentioned before, one of those defenses that you want to target. We all know that Zach Wilson under centre uh, means that people like Garrett Wilson are going to take a hit, but I think it doesn't really make a difference for Hall. You know, he's going to get the usage. Uh, of the lead back in this team because he's talented and he's the best offensive player on the team in my opinion. It'll be a forget about it for the rest of the season after this week um, once his role is fully cemented and we all remember who he is. So I'm taking my chance to pick Brees Hall whilst I can. Right, I'm going Ghost Edwards. (laughs) He's just changed that now. He had Clyde Edwards a lot. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going with Ghost, Ed- Gus Edwards. Ghost yeah. Edwards. Uh, listen, all this talk about the backfield in Baltimore once Dobbins got injured, whether you know it'd be Justice Hill was the guy to pick up, or whether there was anything to make of Melvin Gordon signing for the team. No, this team's lead running back is Gus Edwards. Now, of course, that doesn't mean an incredible amount as what it would. You know, doesn't mean as much as it would do for any other team because Lamar Jackson is the team's lead rusher, best offensive weapon, all that sort of stuff. But I don't think that means this backfield is devoid of any fantasy value. And I think Edwards provides the majority of that value going forward. He's been by far the most utilised running back on the team, averaging 13 13 carries a game since week two after Dobbins was ruled out for the season. Uh, His yardage per game hasn't been amazing, but his efficiency as a runner has been very good, averaging four yards per carry. Um, Of course, you know, last week's blow-up game came with a broken 80-yard catch-and-run that padded his stat, and yeah, he's been undeniably touchdown dependent but the usage is there and if there was ever a week um, to to go with a usage play at running back it's this week where the Ravens faced the Cardinals Arizona they're giving up almost 4.5 yards per carry and over 100 rushing yards a game to running backs along with over 25 fantasy points a game as well to the position I think Edwards is a decent start once again this week nice nice quarterback Chapels. Um, yeah, I thought it was a, a little bit of a, a desolate wasteland uh, quarterback um, this week. Uh, so I've gone for a guy yeah. that wouldn't wouldn't normally pick, but he had a big week last week. Um, Gardner Sin Shoe. Um, nice. Nice, nice, Projected nice. a measly 13 points. Obviously, um, a lot of his points last week came from those two rushing touchdowns, but he has thrown for over 300 yards in um, in his last two games. If he can just tighten up on the interceptions and fumbles, because he's had four interceptions and four fumbles in both those last two games as well. All he needs to do for me to get a nice hit is 200 yards, couple of touchdowns, we can all go home happy. So, Gardner Minshew this week. I'm attacking more the projection than the the player and the team, because he's going mm. up against the Saints, they're a good defence, but trying to cheese the system. Um, let's go and get 12 rushing touchdowns again, but then also give Jonathan Taylor some, because I've got him too. <laughs> Of course. I'm going to go Jared Goff with your head. <laughs> that's what. That's something that people say, nice. said at some point, I think. Uh, projected 16.2 versus the Las Vegas Raiders. It was a terrible week for the Lions this past week, as we've established. It was, in fact, the worst game of the season for Jared Goff, as he didn't throw a touchdown, though he did still throw for over 280 yards, which, you know, very high kind of uh, average yards per game for Goff this season. They got smacked in the mouth from the get-go by the Ravens, and thus the Lions were not able to control the tempo of the game offensively at all. This next week is a different story, however, as he plays the Raiders, who just lost to an undrafted rookie quarterback from a Division Two college. Now, for context, that's like me. No, it's not. It's <laughs> not at all. It's not. Um, but what I will say is not many of um, Bilbo Bergent's um, Division two college teammates will be making it anywhere near the NFL. You know, it, it is um, a lower standard of uh, college football, but he came in there and he wiped the floor with the Raiders, to be honest with you. Um, 
so Goff this week for the Rams, I, I, for the for the uh, Lions, sorry. I think they're going to absolutely stomp the Raiders and Goff gets back on track, throws a couple of touchdowns, has a nice fantasy day, finally utilising both Aman Ra and Jameson Williams. I'm going to go with Dracula Prescott. <laughs> Coming off a bye week, uh, which is always a plus, Cowboys are at home against the Rams who have been stuttering, but they uh, they will be able to compete with the weapons that they have, so I think it can be a competitive game. Uh, in two home games this year, Prescott has thrown 516 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He's been safe and reliable when he's been at Jerry World. Uh, he's coming off uh, a bye week, as I said, and after the best game of his season so far against the Chargers in week six, where he threw for over 270 yards, rushed for 40 yards as well, and had two total touchdowns. That is a stat that bodes well for Prescott this week as he's against the Rams' defence who have given up four rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks so far this season, as well as 72 rushing yards to Jalen Hurts, 47 rushing yards to Josh Dobbs, 56 rushing yards to Anthony Richardson. You get what I'm saying. Um, So as long as the Cowboys continue to design runs for Prescott, I can see him having an absolutely fine week in a game that the Cowboys will absolutely fancy themselves to win. Nice. And finally, let's go to the wide receiver, Sharples. Um, I've gone for Jordan, Addy, son, quick, he's coming. Lock yourself in the bathroom. Your mother and sister are already dead. It's too late. Go. Oh, God, no. No. Um, He's projected a measly 14.7 points. Uh, I just think it's... (laughs) Oh, I tried to go through that, couldn't I? Yeah, well done. Uh, he projected a measly 14.7 points. I think he's going to get all those targets that he got last time against the Niners. Um, maybe a couple of touchdowns um, as well. I think we're going to start seeing his projections go up and up over the next few weeks. So I'm getting in while he's low. Um, Jordan Addison this week at wide receiver. Nice. I'm going to go die on Tay. John, son, quick. No, I can't remember. I can't remember the whole thing spiel uh, Deontay Johnson projected 12.9 versus Jacksonville now I'm happy here because I get to talk about one of my favourite players in the league Deontay Johnson uh, there aren't many players that run routes as crisp as Deontay um, he came back from IR this past week and had a nice game 5 for 79 uh, he's always been a PPR machine I expect his 66% of offensive snaps to go up this week uh, that's what he had this past week when he came back which means that he should go back to leading this team in targets since he was already second in targets uh, this past week on those reduced snaps. Uh, the Jacksonville matchup is certainly not one that you're scared of either, so plug Johnson in this week, and I'd say for the foreseeable. Lou? I'm going with Christian Skirk. Or Skirkrow, or... Oh, I like Skirkrow. Christian Kirk. Yeah. Kirk. I saw you first puzzled there, Al, about who, who it was. <laughs> Christian Kirk. Christian Skirk. Um, projected 13.1 fantasy points this week. Skirkrow uh, would have been better. Skirkrow would have been better. Uh, that's just 0.5 fantasy points more than Calvin Ridley is projected. Generous considering he's scoring over 3.5 fantasy points more than Ridley per game. Um Ridley's also busted in three of seven matchups and only boomed in two. Granted, Christian Kirk has blown up, only blown up in one game, but uh, he's also only busted in one game too. Um, 
And that game being the Jags season opener where Kirk, he was only targeted three times and had one catch for nine yards. You know, week seven, we know that that's, that week one is an outlier now. You know, in fact, take that one game away and Kirk's averaging over 70, 77 yards and eight targets and six receptions per game. They're the numbers of a wide receiver one on a team, which is what Kirk is for this Jags team. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been much safer... Um, even even in Calvin Ridley's second blow-up game versus the Falcons, Kirk was an absolutely fine start that week. Uh, he faces a Steelers defense this week who, under Mike Tomlin, as I was saying before, have proven against the odds that they're an NFL team who can p- compete in any matchup, really. Where they can't compete, though, is against wide receivers. And in six games played, the Steelers have given up over 200 receiving yards, 14 receptions, and a touchdown per game to opposing wide receivers. It might be spooky, spooky season, as we've been saying, but I, I'm too scared to bet on Calvin Ridley for the foreseeable future. I feel much more assured going with the guy that is clearly the best wide receiver on this team, mm-hmm. Christian Skircrow. Skircrow, nice. And finally, let's get in to those Week 8 game tiers led by Alex Sharples. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I'll be honest, I thought there was a lot of um, spooky games uh, this week, and by that I mean not very good, a lot in the meh, so I tried to tried to spread them out a bit, stick a few in the good, a few in the bad, um, but I do think there's a lot of middle-of-the-road fixtures, maybe a lot of good teams against not-so-good teams, but um, in the dreadful section, uh, well, this week, we've got the Titans against the Falcons, nice. Panthers against the Texans, and Broncos Chiefs... Um, I think either the Chiefs will schlack them or it'll just be a generally low-scoring game. So those are my those are my worst ones this week. Okay. Moving okay. up to meh, we've got the Bills versus the Buccaneers. Giants-Jets could be a bit spicy of both New Jersey teams, but obviously not doing great at the minute, so I've kept it in there. Uh, Commanders against the Eagles, Colts-Saints, um, Cardinals-Ravens, Chargers-Bears, and Lions-Raiders. Probably agree, um, yeah. Yeah, moving into good, we've got the Steelers against the Jags, Packers, Vikings, Dolphins, Patriots, Niners, Bengals, and Seahawks against the Browns. Okay, I'm, I, just just through, I suppose, um, I, su- I suppose just through sheer want in terms of wanting these teams to be better than perhaps they have been in recent weeks, I would push the Niners-Bengals up one personally to integrate. Mm. But yeah, carry on. That's fair. And to round it off, again, I don't think this will be super top tier. We've definitely had a better game so far, but uh, I do think the Cowboys-Rams should be a good game. Yeah, Cowboys. Can the Rams uh, answer the call? Um, so yeah, that is the lone uh, great game this week in the Lone Star state <laughs> good stuff Lou have you got something to finish us off we do we've got an email you can email us at in the pocket across the pond at gmail.com <clears throat> if you think my Aaron Rodgers impression was excellent um, which would be correct we got a lot of votes in about the Carragher impression we didn't <laughs> well if we did they'd have said it was mine okay got an email from Joe Box Hello, Joseph Joe. Boxers is what I can only assume his full name is. Yeah. Um, the question for the next episode is is the, the title of the email. Mm. Hello. 
been listening to the podcast recently. Big fan so far. Thank you very much. It's very so kind. far, there's still time there's still for time. us to lose him. So just Plenty be careful. We hope Plenty so. Um, I'd love to hear some opinions on the Carolina Panthers Again. situation. <laughs> Carolina Panthers situation, I'm a huge Panthers fan with so much optimism into the new season with Reich and the coaching staff, Bryce Young, etc. And how it's all panned out so far is truly devastating. My question is, well, no, it's, there's two questions here. Let's let's go for the first one first. My question is, how much of the blame do you think the front office should bear? Scott Fitterer has made some questionable moves during his time as GM, and it's looking like we'll need to trade Brian Burns to get some draft capital back after the Bri- uh, the Bryce Young trade. Do you think this season could be it for the front office if results don't improve, or do you think they will pin the blame on Reich and the coaching staff? That's part one. What do you think, uh... lads? I think neither. I think if if it's twofold, if Anthony Richardson and particularly CJ Stroud didn't look so great, like historically great in Stroud's case, um, and maybe if, if Young hadn't looked so um, raw, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. It just comes down to the fact that you, you picked your guy in the draft and at the minute, your guy doesn't look like the one to have picked out of those players. However, um, his trajectory is very much that of a rookie quarterback, especially of his skill set. And CJ Stroud is kind of a bit of an outlier at the minute. So I think we're blowing things way out of proportion when if if Young was looking amazing, then things would all be fine, even if they weren't particularly winning uh, games. If, if Young just looked a bit better, I think we're too quick to write off Young as oh we whiffed on this one. He's played six games. Yeah, I agree. And he and, wasn't ready to play clearly. And and you know I think you know sorry to hear this, Joe, but I I think the Panthers were always going to be crap yeah, this year. So. They're always going to be. They're going to give it time. They're going to give it time. Um, so I think that optimism should stay. Just it was never going to be this year. I'm, I, Chaps, I'm going to come to you with the next part of Joe's question. He says, "Also, what receivers do you think will be best fit for the Panthers if they were to trade for one?" So I thought one, which is it's also realistic because um, he's not had his contract sorted out yet with his current team, which is the Cincinnati Bengals. I thought T. Higgins um, might be a nice little mm-hmm. slot in there. Um, Obviously, currently second fiddle to Jamar Chase. I'm sure he would relish the uh, option to be the, the wide receiver one there. And I think he's definitely got the talent to be that. As I said, they've still not come to agreement yet with the Bengals. Obviously, it's not been his best season. It's probably likely that the Bengals don't re-sign him. Um, so, in that case, they'll probably be looking to trade him. And I think as good as Adam Phelan's been, he would be a great wide receiver too, a good slot guy, but you want a deep threat. You want someone who can spread um, you know, spread the cornerbacks and the safeties, and I do think T. Higgins can do that. And also, you can't really judge um, Bryce Young so far when he's the best player he's got with him is a 32-year-old Adam Thielen. Obviously, Jonathan Mingo hasn't quite worked out yet. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders is um, terrible. And... I do think giving him a good yeah. ass like that, you would be able to judge him, judge him a bit more, uh, a bit more accurately. <clears throat> so yeah, I think I think T Higgins yeah. would would tick a few boxes there. Yeah, nice. I just I just think I think T Hig- losing T Higgins for free at the end of the year, if if you get a 
ring if you get it chip then that's worth it so I don't think T Higgins is going anywhere plus you kind of spent some draft capital on Jonathan Mingo um, you got Adam Thielen I don't know what another really good wide receiver does to this team at the minute when they're just not there they're just not ready the The ridiculous thing is that they don't have a first round pick so Scott Fitterer yeah what are you doing there no first round pick next year so they can't even draft Marvin Harrison Jr. if they wanted a wide receiver in the draft there Um yeah, I, I suppose I don't think wide receiver is this team's biggest problem. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I'll end it by just saying I, I love the idea of the trade request sort of coming about to Higgins and his agent coming to him and being like, listen, the Panthers want to trade for you. And then T. Higgins looking at the roster, seeing Adam Thielen's name and thinking, nope, I'll try my chances beating Jamar Chase instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good I stuff. Think, um... Well... Thank just you very to, much. Sorry, just to answer the, the last bit in the question as well. Do you think they will blin, uh, pin the blame on Reich and the coaching staff? 100%. All execs do, and they need to be held accountable. However, let's give it a year before the, we judge him on the Bryce Young thing. Um, but yeah, 100%. Frank Reich will be yeah. gone before Scott Fisher is yeah. 1 million percent. Yeah. yeah. And feel free to, um, to switch this off right now because it's coming from an idiot Cowboys fan. But um, to Joe and Rob and any other Panthers fans listening. I don't know what you were expecting this year, <laughs> to be honest. You idiots. You idiots. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. Um, I don't know what you were expecting this year in terms of... I don't think any of us thought they were going to be good. I did. Not. Yeah, apart from you, not. no. I did not. Um, thank you very much for the question, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Thanks Joe, for that. the question. Um, and that's going to do it. Cheers, lads. Enjoy Halloween, the spookiest time of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully Red Zone isn't too spooky, although I do, did hear the witching hour in the middle of it. That's Halloween related as well. Um, yeah, Wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy week eight. Enjoy. See ya. See ya. Goodbye.